Can you hear me? Yes. Wonderful. Let's pray. God, you're so good. You're so good. And I can stand here with a headache and fatigue and illness and boast in my weakness. Because in my weakness, the power of Christ will rest upon me. So for the sake of Christ, I'm content with all of this. May you be glorified with these words. Holy Spirit, would you do a work in all the hearts of here today? And a spoiler alert, thank you that there is hope in this place. Yeah, amen. Amen. Well, this is weird, actually. Maybe I regret that. Um, Good morning, brothers and sisters. Uh, My name is Will. I'm the 0218's pastor here at Jubilee Community Church. So I've got that absolute joy of of looking after our our children and our our youth and our youth workers, children's workers. Um, And I've also got the pleasure of starting off Oh, it feels weird standing in front of the cross now. The attention should be on that. Um, I've got the joy of starting our Advent series, which is aptly entitled Heavenly Hope. So um, if we can get our memory verse on the screen, we've got a, a church memory verse that we're going to be looking at, and we're going to be reading this out a couple of times. This is where we want to start. So out loud. Why don't we stand on our feet, actually, guys? So Romans chapter 15, verse 13, may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Let's go again. Let's go again. Romans 15, verse 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. It's all about hope today. You can take your seats. Talked about Christ, my King. I want to tell you a story today about my hope, about your hope, about my Jesus, and about your Jesus. In the beginning, hope hovered in the darkness. Hope breathes life where there was none. Hope was promised when all that could be seen was despair. Through scripture, through God's word, we see despair traveling far and wide. And yet where despair went, hope followed. And hope is spoken, and hope caught up, hope overtook, and hope conquers. As we explore this series titled Heavenly Hope, we're going to take you on a journey. It's going to be hard and sometimes painful. We're going to be exploring the hopelessness of humanity at some times. But God has made a way, and he wants you to know today that he has not, and he will not give up on you. I wish I could look at all of you at the same time when I say that, because it's so relevant. My work today is to open your eyes to a God of the impossible, who works within the intricacies of time, space, matter, those three things listed, listed in the very verse, first sentence of the Bible, so that it would be like stepping back from a mountain and just seeing the enormity, the impossibility, and the awesomeness of God. Please listen now 
as we hear from God's word, hope's first appearance and promise. Thank you, Lisa. meaning beginning it's not attended to address the how but instead the who and the why in the garden of eden where the conversation unfolds adam and eve walked with god talked with god things were good in fact god describes them as very good this infinitely enormous god longs to fellowship with you and with me. But the tempter, Satan, brought separation. Well done, Lisa. No one sees her. (laughs) Fracturing the relationship and causing humanity to fall from grace. Being convinced of the same sinful desire that Satan longs for himself, to be like God. Being, deciding right from wrong, Changing the goalpost constantly to suit our own desires, ideologies, feelings, emotions, identities, but ultimately departing from this beautiful relationship that God longs for us to join with him in. And yet, God yearns for us and stirs hope even in this moment through a promise that looks to a day when the tempter Satan would be overcome but at a cost. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. The word spoken. Just as despair was birthed in one man because of disobedience, so hope was prophesied in another through obedience. This isn't some self-manufactured, self-taught hope, but an external hope couriered to you from heaven itself. It isn't some abstract fluffy idea but finds its source and definition in one person, Jesus. So a prophetic word is something which describes an accurate prediction of events in the future. A promise from God, if you like. So this first one from Genesis is one of over 300 prophecies pointing towards the life, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. 300 is a conservative figure. These prophetic words written within this library of varied literature that we call the Bible and that we Christians believe to be the inspired word of God were spoken by at least 12 people separated within a time span of 1,400 years and yet weaved together to herald the same unified message. God loves you. These prophecies throughout scripture cover a wide and detailed variety, such as being born to a specific family or a specified city in which one's parents aren't actually living, one's own death and the manner of it, 
one's own betrayal or having one's own clothes gambled for? How would you arrange all of this? The answer, you couldn't. You can't. Not unless you happen to operate outside of time and we're involved in creating the universe itself. So, in 1963, college professor Peter Stoner carried out extensive research into the mathematical probability of Jesus fulfilling these Old Testament prophecies. Having looked at just eight of these, the probability stood at 10 to the power of 17, which is 100 quadrillion. To try and put that in perspective to grasp it, could you put a map? Oh, there you go. There's the number there. And here's a map of Texas. Okay, not many of us maybe know, I didn't really know Texas. Here's the UK, which I do know, inside of Texas. So, imagine the state of Texas, two foot deep with 50p coins. Mark one of these coins within that area, and give, I'll give you one chance to pick out that coin. That's the probability, and that's applicable to eight of 300, over 300 prophecies that Jesus fulfilled. Come on. Wow. So with that context in mind, we're going to now hear four further prophetic words spoken about this Jesus, our hope. Over to you, Mummy Norris. Proctor, sorry. Not Norris anymore. Spoken by the prophet Micah 700 years before Jesus' birth. Micah chapter 5, verse 2. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrata, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me, one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. The one who was there at the beginning from ancient days, beyond time, was stepping into time. As we read from the gospel accounts, it was Jesus who was born in Bethlehem. Well done, Mum. His parents living in Nazareth. Now, the distance they travelled, just FYI, that's the equivalent of walking from here to Oxford. And Joseph's wife's pregnant at the time. Jesus' rule was over Israel. But his kingdom was not what the people expected. His throne was a cross and his crown was thorns. Daniela, can we have our next reading, please? Spoken by the prophet Isaiah 700 years before Jesus' birth. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. Thank you. Jesus received the death of a criminal, despite having lived a faultless, blameless, perfect life, pierced by nails and left to hang on a cross. In his temporal death, we have eternal life. In his earthly suffering, we have heavenly hope. JK, can we have our next reading, please? A psalm of David spoken 1,000 years before Jesus' birth. Psalm chapter 49, verse 15. 
but God will ransom my soul from the power of Sheol. He will receive me. Thank you. And Rob, our last reading, please. Well done, Alex. Rob, could you stand up for us? Where are you? There you are. Also, a psalm of David spoken a thousand years before Jesus' birth. Psalm chapter 68, verse 18. You ascended on high, leading a host of captives in your train and receiving gifts among men, even among the rebellious, that the Lord God may dwell there. Thank you. Thank you, everyone that helped. Jesus descended into the realms of Sheol, literally place of the dead. But death is the wage of sin. And this man knew no sin. Therefore, death could not hold him. He stepped out of a borrowed tomb, ascended in glory, declaring freedom for the captives. We sung about this this morning. I want this really to be resonating on you as you hear this word, because it's the truth that we're living in. Joy, hope, peace. If we use them, I'm going off script quickly here. If we use them to dictate our circumstances, we're always going to fall short because we ebb and flow. Joy, hope, peace, characterized by Jesus, dependent on him and his work, his victory. And therefore, we can always experience it. That's why it's true when we can experience joy in impossible circumstances, peace and hope in impossible circumstances because he doesn't change. So these, these captives, they were you and me. But he's brought them out. He's brought us out. And this freedom, this is freedom from mental health struggles. This is freedom from sickness. Everything sin brought into the world, dealt with by Jesus. Amen? Really? Thank you. And this is where he sits today, enthroned in heaven, next to the Father. But not in an arms-folded, disengaged kind of way. He's interceding. He's praying. He's mediating for each of you. Day and night. Night and day. So pause in there. I just want to ask you a question. <clears throat> Are you living in line with a sealed tomb or an empty one? Are you living in line with an occupied cross or a vacant one? Does your life display the hope of someone whose saviour lives and reigns or the despair of someone whose best efforts and attempts lay dead in a grave and could be dug up today? I know these are uncomfortable pictures, but friends, that's the difference between hope and despair. One leads to life and one leads to death. The truth is, the truth is, Jesus isn't in the tomb and he's not on the cross. Our Jesus lives and he reigns. So, brothers and sisters, do not be overcome by despair but overflow with hope. For in this hope, in Jesus, we are saved. 
In the same way, Jesus overcame the cross and left the grave. By his power, work at with all of you that are believers. Through the Holy Spirit, pursue hope, no matter how impossible the circumstances around you look. As scripture reminds us of this new identity, Christ in you, the hope of glory. I say these things so that you may abound in hope. That despair has been around us throughout the year, whatever that might look like for you. And despair will look to interrupt us throughout Christmas, but we must contend against it. There are wars going on. Perhaps we've got loved ones that are on the front lines and serving right now. There's continued change to the landscape of politics and continual cost of living crisis, and it makes for bleak reading. As mental health struggles, they're higher than ever, and sadly combined with rising suicide rates. Addiction to drugs, alcohol, continue to play the youngest to the oldest. Some of us, we experience guilt from partners, parents, family, friends that hold us in bondage and insecurity, causing us to walk on eggshells, especially around Christmas time. And there are ridiculous expectations and pressures brought on by the commercial side of Christmas. And we strive to align ourselves with it. But there is freedom. There is hope. And it counters all of these things. And countless other examples that I haven't shared. Band, would you mind coming up while I land? Thank you. So yeah, in a little while we are going to respond. We've got to. To acknowledge the hope available for all of those situations. But if you're here today or online, if you don't know Jesus, I want to tell you something else. (laughs) There are about 4,000 religions in the world. If you believe none of them, you're right in the ground and life's meaningless. Believe 3,999 of them telling you, work hard, try and be good enough and there just might be something in it for you. Or here's an alternative version. I challenge you to pick up God's word. Check out, verify what I've said today. Come and chat to me about anything that you're unsure about. I've made available, available, I've made available Bibles. They're here. If you want to grab one, there should be enough. And I've made available gospel tracts. Really simple uh, understanding of what the gospel message is about, the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, men, if you've got questions, we're running Alpha in January. We've got answers. You'll, you'll find a group of other like-minded men. You'll find good food, good drink, good company, and no cost, I think. Maybe a little bit. No cost. <laughs> but guys, believe in Jesus. The historically evidenced Prophecy fulfilling, death conquering, heaven ascending, kingdom establishing saviour. I'll say that again. Believe in Jesus. The historically evidenced, prophecy fulfilling, death conquering, heaven ascending, kingdom establishing saviour. This is, and he is, my hope and can be yours too. 
Just as despair was birthed in one man because of disobedience, so hope was birthed in another through obedience. And so hope can be birthed in you today. If this is you and you want to receive Jesus and his hope for the first time, come and find me or make yourself known to one of the hosts. We'd love to talk through what this looks like in your life. Brothers and sisters, you know Jesus. Here's how you can respond this morning. Perhaps you need fresh hope because you're running dry. Has anyone worked out what these strings represent? They're five prophecies of 300, going back a thousand, up to a thousand years and beyond before Jesus' life. They all represent a prophetic word. They all represent a promise of God, a promise of hope to come. Speaking future hope and finding fulfillment in Jesus. I speak to you here in the present, sharing with you a hope birthed in the past, but continuing into eternity. I forgot part of my prop. For those that wish to respond, we're going to carry out something prophetic ourselves. I've got a load of string here, and I've got a wall because hopefully I've not done enough. There is not 300 bits of string here, but I can make 300. We're going to tie our own string onto Jesus. Hopefully you can reach it. If not, come up here. It's going to get a bit messy. But we're going to be attaching ourselves to Jesus this morning, prophetically reminding ourselves that we are his, he is ours, agreeing with past hope and clinging to promised hope of the future. So if you want to respond in any of those ways this morning, my preach is over. Come up now. The band are going to start, hopefully. Sorry, that a bit longer than I should have invited you up too early. So yeah, this is the time, guys. Come up now. Over to you, band. Hey, my name's Dan Baptist, and I'm lead pastor here at Jubilee Community Church. We really hope that something from this morning's word has blessed you and reached you. And if you'd like to talk about anything you've heard or just be able to talk about maybe faith or get some prayer, then please get in contact. You can email us, give us a call at the centre and one of the team's going to get back to you. We'd love to do this, especially if you're just thinking about what it is to become a Christian. You want to sit down and really talk that through with anyone. We also run regularly on a Sunday some joining the church courses. And if you want to know more about Jubilee Community Church and what it is to belong here, then you can just uh, find out online when the next one of those is going on and you can attend, have a meal, sit down, talk about it. We also have some amazing midweek group life uh, where it's a great opportunity to dig further into your faith. Again, you can find out that on our website too. Anyway, just wanted to say hi and uh, bless you and we'll catch up soon.